Welcome to That Rooted Feeling Podcast, where I bring you high-value health information and practical tips to help you improve your lifestyle habits with a focus on plant-centered nutrition so you can achieve optimal wellness that radiates into and improves all aspects of your life, giving you that rooted feeling that you won't know until you have it. Welcome back to another week and another episode of That Rooted Feeling. I'm your host, Dr. Brooke Stubbs, a board-certified internal medicine and lifestyle medicine physician. A couple of years ago, I completely changed my lifestyle, and I noticed a very profound, deep sense of well-being. I didn't know I could feel this good. And for 35 years prior to that, I walked around feeling less than I could. And so I made it my mission to educate others about the power of lifestyle to improve not over not only your overall health, but also your internal sense of wellness. And that is what that Rooted Feeling podcast is all about. That is why I do this podcast. That is why that is the name of the podcast, because once you have that feeling, you will know it, you will sense it. And there's really no going back because when you take care of yourself in that way, where you prioritize the pillars of health, you notice immediately when you don't feel your best. And so today on the episode, we're going to talk about exercise and all of the magical things that exercise does for you. There have been a few iterations of this saying, if there was a pill that did what exercise does for us, we would all take it. And what that means is that it has so many benefits. It doesn't even touch the surface when we talk about exercise in terms of just maintaining weight, right? A good weight or a nice physique. Exercise is pro-oxidative. Our bodies are meant to work in this manner to have to uh, eliminate pro-oxidative stress to a degree. And so we're going to talk today not only about all of those things exercise does for our health and how much we should be exercising, but maybe a few things that you don't know about the benefits of exercise. So let's get started. Of course, we know that exercise is very beneficial for weight management. And we know that Being overweight is a risk factor for so many comorbidities. And we also know that when you have excess weight, those fat cells, or what we call adipocytes, they get enlarged. And when they carry excess fat, when they're overfilled, they are very pro-inflammatory. And we know that inflammation is the source of disease, right? So we want to keep inflammation down. We want to keep those fat cells from being overfilled. So we don't have as much as inflammation. That all comes together with maintaining weight. Of course, you can't out-exercise a bad diet. So diet, nutrition, exercise, that all goes together. But of course, exercise certainly helps with that. Uh, Exercise also helps with your mood. We know that when you are exercising, your body has cascades in their cells to release endorphins. It's through a cyclic AMP pathway. You don't need to know the biochemistry of it, but what you do need to know is that it turns on when you are exercising. And so we know that exercise helps with depression and anxiety 
and mood stabilization. We also know that exercise increases energy levels. So if you're an exerciser, you know this. On the days where you're kind of more lackadaisical and you're not moving your body as much, you tend to have a little bit more fatigue, right? And when you are exercising and you're staying on a regimen, your energy levels stay up to some degree. Now, if you're over-exercising, of course, you can get really, really fatigued afterwards, but that's for another episode. We know that exercise, along with mental health, also helps with cognition. So this is fascinating to me. So exercise can improve neuroplasticity. So we've talked about neuroplasticity before on the podcast. Neuroplasticity is very important to improve our overall narrative, to help us combat illnesses, right? And neuroplasticity also helps with neurodegenerative diseases or injuries involving the nerves, right? It can help regrow nerves. So um, not only that, but it can help with attention, memory, focus. So if you've got some big project coming up at school or work or you're studying for a big test, it would behoove you to really continue to exercise on a regular basis. We also know that exercise increases bone density. This is particularly important for women because when we hit menopause and we lose our estrogen levels, estrogen levels go down, we are at increased risk for loss of bone mass. And so when we look at the studies on exercise, the ones that are particularly, the exercises that are particularly beneficial for bone density or increasing bone mass are things that are high impact activities, you know, whether it's jumping or even resistance training, squatting with heavy weights. These things that put a little bit of stress on your bones actually cause your bones to build more bone density, right? So it turns on these osteoblast cells. Osteoblasts are the cells of our bone marrow that start to lay down more bone matrix, right? And we have a constant flux of osteoblast building and osteoclast breaking down bone mineral density, right? So if you are having a little bit of pressure on that bone, then you are putting it into a building phase. And that is helpful for maintaining bone density over a lifetime. So we know that being able to have strength and resistance exercise in your regimen is really important. It's not just about cardiovascular health, right? Or cardiovascular exercise. But speaking of, we know cardiovascular disease risk goes down dramatically when you have a regular exercise regimen. So the recommendation from the American College of Cardiology and the American Heart Association is to exercise 150 minutes per week at a moderate intensity or 75 minutes per week at a high intensity or vigorous intensity of exercise, something that increases your cardiovascular rate, right? Your heart rate. Moderate intensity exercise is somewhere around 65 to 75% of your maximum heart rate. The numbers aren't so important to remember, but that moderate 
level of exercise intensity is when you're winded. You can still talk a little bit, probably not a whole lot, but you can have a uh, short conversation. You couldn't sing, you couldn't have a long-winded conversation, but you could minimally talk when you're at that moderate heart rate max. So then in the vigorous activity, that vigorous intensity, that's more like I can't talk, I am, you know, I'm flush in the face, I'm experiencing, you know, sweating in the face, all of those things. That's more of your high intensity exercise. And that's more around 90% of your heart rate max. Your heart rate max is somewhat of an easy calculation if you do kind of the shortcut calculation. There's a more accurate one, but a shortcut calculation is 220 minus your age. So if you're 30 years old, your heart rate max is going to be around 190 beats per minute, right? So then if you're getting 75% of that, right, that's going to be in the range of about 140 beats per minute. That gives you a little bit of an idea of the numbers. But again, moderate exercise, you're going to be winded. You're going to maybe be able to talk a little bit. More vigorous exercise, you're not talking, you're flush. So when you do moderate, 75 minutes. So I like to break it down in 30-minute increments five times a week for cardiovascular training. However, we don't all start there. And I want you to know something very important. If you haven't been consistent with your exercise regimen, don't feel like you have to jump into those recommendations right away. Of course, you want to work up to that and you want to be consistent and get there. And that should be your goal for sure. But even just being active at a minimum of 15 minutes can dramatically improve your cardiovascular disease, maybe even up to 12%. So know that even just standing for a couple hours a day is improving your cardiovascular health as well. So there are all these things that you know, are recommended and they should be goals for us, but don't not do anything. So the best exercise for you is the one that you will actually do. And if that means just getting out of bed and doing some squats, or if that means just walking a little bit more than usual or walking the dog, do that and make that mental receipt. And the reason that we do cardiovascular exercise is that it increases a molecule in our endothelium. Our endothelium are the cells of our blood vessels. And we want the blood vessels to remain really elastic. Once they get stiff or senile, senile is another word for old, we get disease, right? We get higher blood pressure. We get heart failure because it's pushing against a more stagnant system. We want those blood vessels to be able to ebb and flow and to dilate and contract easily, right? And the way they do that is by exercising that dilation. And so when we're exercising, those endothelium go through a similar cascade to releasing endorphins. The cells start to release what we call nitric oxide synthetase, which increases nitric oxide, which is the molecule that causes those endothelium to help dilate or become bigger, right? So if they're getting really big and then they're contracting, we're going to maintain elasticity over the long haul. So that's why cardiovascular exercise is so, so, so crucial. 
Um, another way you can get that done is through uh, saunas, right? So heating the body, uh, infrared sauna particularly increases that pathway. That's just something to keep in mind. Of course, exercise is key because it does so many other things for our, our bodies too. But then we talk about we talk about cardiovascular, but we also talk about strength. But you also want to have good balance, right? As we get older, we lose our sense of proprioception. We're more at risk for falls. We're also losing bone mass. So it's not just about getting on a treadmill and getting your cardiovascular exercise, even though those are the things that we have the most recommendations for and that's been the most studied. And that's important because cardiovascular disease is the number one killer of both men and women, right? Worldwide. So that's important, but then you also need resistance or strength training to help maintain muscle mass. Of course, we lose muscle mass as we age. We don't want to do that. We'll also increase bone mass and flexibility and balance so that you remain agile, so that you can do all of the things. And these are all important for a long, vibrant life. So if that wasn't enough, exercise has also been shown in several studies to improve our immunity, particularly T-cell immunity. This not only plays a role in the population as a whole, but it also plays a role when we have patients who are undergoing cancer treatment because this T-cell immunity often plays a role in the clearance of their cancer. So studies show improved activation, distribution, function of T-cells, cytokine production, modulation of the immune system, seroprotection, all of these markers of immunity seem to be improved with moderate exercise. Now, when we talk next week on the podcast, I'm going to talk about pro-oxidative stress and how an excess of exercise can actually be detrimental to immunity. But for now, I'm talking to the audience that is, you know, considering their exercise regimen and needs motivation to get back on track. You need to know that exercise is great for your immunity. It can help you combat the common colds, the flu, and keep you healthy in those really pesky seasons when everybody around you is getting sick. I also want to mention, and it is so exciting for me to hear this because I am such a proponent of building the, a healthy gut microbiome, but also exercise has an effect on the diversity of the gut microbiome. And if you're a runner, it will help you build the gut bacteria that will help you metabolize lactic acid, as Dr. Bolsewicz had mentioned in the podcast that we did together. So things like this are fascinating. And your body is such an uh, incredible system, and it does such miraculous things. But we know that exercise increases the diversity of the microbiome and improves the metabolic activity of the gut microbiome. In a particular study that looked at women who exercised versus those who were sedentary, it showed a higher diversity of healthy gut bacteria. And so we see this in many studies across the board. So just bringing it back home, exercise is a remarkable thing for our bodies. We should all be partaking in it. It helps with our mood. It helps to increase our endorphins and make us happy. It helps with our mental health. It helps with our cognition. It helps with our focus and attention. It helps with our cardiovascular health. It improves our bone density. 
It helps with our immune system. It helps with our gut diversity. It reduces the risk of a plethora of chronic diseases. So whatever you can do to start getting active today is going to be so beneficial for your health in the long term. You'll also feel better and you will have a lot more energy and it will be part of that rooted feeling that I really want for you. Well, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I hope that it gave you some insight and some knowledge and some inspiration to start moving your body. If you are in Austin and you want to see me in my clinic, visit rootedfib.com to set up an appointment. I am also running a virtual course. It's an eight-week course. We just finished the second round, and we will be looking forward to scheduling the third round in a few weeks or so. Also, I'm always putting out information on Instagram, so please follow me on there at Brookie Stubbs MD. That's Brookie with an I E Stubbs MD. I'm also Brookie Stubbs MD on TikTok and on Lemon Eight. And I want to say to everybody who's reached out and said how wonderful the podcast is, that they listen to it every week, uh, that they love it. Thank you so, so, so very much. You guys keep me going. If any of you know what it is to continue a podcast week after week, it is a lot of work, but I do it because I'm so passionate about this information and this knowledge and this work. And I am so happy that it's reaching you and that it's helping you. And if you want to help me, please leave us five-star review subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend. And as always, I will see you next week.